Oh my goodness, gravelly. Good way to start on a Monday. <laughs> Isn't it though? Hey everybody, I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I am Kimberly Adams. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining us on this election eve, which yeah. I imagine has many of us uh, wrapped up in trepidation, anxiety, or whatever feelings you may have. We've got news and some smiles and lots to talk about today. So without further ado, Kai, what's your news fix? All right, I'll go first. Uh, I've got two, actually. And I just I, I want to um, just super quick uh, talk about this Elon Musk tweet today. And I don't want to talk about Musk and Twitter and all of the, you know, layoff, not layoff, $8. I don't care about any of that crap. I want, he tweeted this morning at 7.22 Los Angeles Times. Um, uh, he, here's what he said. And remember, this is a guy who now has complete control of a transnational communications platform. Two independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. Now, I guess he's entitled to his opinion and I guess he's allowed to tweet what he wants, but it just kind of comes off different when you've got 115 million people available at your beck and call on a platform that you now have complete control over. And I, I don't know why it troubles me so much other than that, but it really kind of troubles me. I think it's one of the things that's so troubling about it is it's just the such a far departure from the norm yeah. like we have these sort of unspoken standards of what social media is you know and this whole thing about social media platforms mm -hmm. being a platform where more or less the general argument has been everybody is kind of on an equal playing field and yes for years we've heard complaints that certain voices are silenced more than others, but as far as research goes, that's never really found to be true, right? Mm -hmm. And so it supposedly is sort of the digital version of the public square, and the public square doesn't take a side, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is saying out loud, full-throated, that this public square has a side. Yeah. And it almost puts it in the category of the truth socials or the parlors or these other social media platforms that are taking a side in the ongoing debate about politics in our country. At least that's why it upset me. And, you know, else. I mean, I guess so there's a yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to think through more and, and I certainly will. And this is not the last time we're going to talk about Elon Musk or politics or Twitter. I just uh, I wanted to get it on the record that it troubled me. And, and I think you're right. But there's probably more to I don't know there's probably maybe more to it I don't know I don't know anyway so that's that's item one for me item two is Jay Powell could conceivably be in a heap of trouble and here's why um, there have been uh, ethics transgressions at the Federal Reserve now I think five of them in the last 18 or so months um, a couple of regional bank presidents had to resign over their stock trading there was one from Rafael Bostic about his um, uh, financial dealings. Jim Bullard, who's the president of the St. Louis Fed, gave a private talk to Citigroup without media in attendance, which is, you know, at least the appearance of, hmm, what are you doing? Guy who influences this entire economy talking to just Citigroup. Anyway, I bring it up because this afternoon, 
Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is no fan of Jay Powell, by the way. We have to say that uh, straight out. She has called him a dangerous man. And it was actually in his confirmation hearings. Um, she wrote a letter to Chair Powell today uh, after the Bostick and Bullard incidents, which she called egregious and embarrassing. She talks about, and this is a quote, a culture of corruption at the Fed, which I think goes a little far, but it is certainly the culture of the appearance of really not great impropriety. Um, and and I think this is not the last time we're going to hear from Senator Warren or some other progressives, frankly, um, about what the Fed's been doing. Not great. Not great. Yeah. And, you know, as more and more people get increasingly upset about the yeah. pace of the rate hikes, it's going to give fodder to all that. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So anyway, so there you go. Those are my two. Yeah. I was torn as to whether or not we should talk about Mastodon. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like yeah. that may be a deep dive at some yeah, point. I think I, uh, well, yeah, Twitter alternatives, right? Where are you going to go? For sure. Yeah, Twitter alternatives. Yeah. I mean, I've been, Amy Scott and I have spent the last like four days trying to figure out a way to follow each other on Mastodon. Oh, it's so hard. And it's unable so hard. To do and which so. server are you on? And does it matter if you're on, on .social or .world? And yeah, I know. Because I was able to follow you. And oh, wow, you got you like 2,000 followers already on Mastodon. Look at you. It's, it's um, but crazy. I can't follow Amy. Yeah. And you're on what, like four servers now or I'm something? On, I'm on, all I know is, see, see, this tells you something. I only know that I'm on one server. That's all I know. Mm. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm not getting it right. I'd be very interested to hear from uh, the listeners which social media platforms you're trying out, how you yep. found them so yep. far. Totally. Um, because I do think there's be there's a disbursement oh, of yeah. online conversations, and I don't think Twitter's going to come back from it in the way like it's never going to fully recover from this yeah and someone tweeted i'm gonna have to go back and find it about what they called the trust uh thermoclean i believe oh, I don't know what which is. is a reference to this layer of water that when you go underwater the water is like a certain temperature up until you hit a certain level yeah. up until you hit a certain depth and then once you pass that depth the water gets drastically colder really, really fast. And once you pass that, it's kind of hard to come back, right? And the idea is that once you cross a certain barrier of trust, it becomes hard, if not impossible, to recover from it. Hmm. And so you want to like, I'm going to go back and find that yeah. that thread. It's a really good one. Hmm. Anywho, that wasn't actually my news fix. <laughs> I've just been thinking about it yeah, totally. and pondering. And I want to hear everybody else's thoughts. My news fix is about Airbnb. Did you see this news cross today? I did. Today? I did. Yeah, it's big news, actually. It's big news. So Airbnb is rolling out new policies, mainly to bundle all of the fees included with the listing so that when you're searching for a price, you see the total fee if you want to. Uh, rather than just the nightly rate. So all those extra cleaning fees and all those extra like service fees and everything else that tends to get tacked on and drastically increase the price of an Airbnb is now going to be shown up front. And Airbnb is basically telling the host to stop asking the people staying there to do so many chores for mm -hmm. checkout. There were endless numbers of online complaints 
about people checking out from Airbnbs and being asked to clean the whole unit and take out the trash and to wipe down surfaces and, and take out the walk the dog or whatever, and then also pay a cleaning fee. And yep. people were getting really frustrated about it. What was interesting to me about this is that I've also been seeing so many more people saying Airbnbs have lost their competitive advantage over oh, hotels. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. they're no longer cheaper than hotels in many cases. Mm-hmm. And when you're traveling and on vacation, why would you pay the same price and mm-hmm. have to clean up after yourself yep. when you could go to a hotel? Totally true. And have a bit more oversight and infrastructure and and amenities and not have to clean up after yourself. Yep, totally and true. the it, it's really made Airbnbs less competitive and then if you layer on all the community pushback against Airbnbs because of what they're doing to housing prices in communities. Anywho, it's a it's a very interesting story. The Washington Post and New York Times everybody else has been covering it. But I'd be I, I've pretty much stopped using Airbnbs. Hmm. Haven't used them for years. And I know a lot of other people who have too. Hmm. But it's a good one. I, I, um, hmm. We still use them because uh, when we travel mm-hmm. as a family, we're a we're a herd, right? We're six people, so <laughs> so that changes things. Um, but yeah, you know the the transparency issue actually is a huge one. Totally is. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Uh, all, right. all right, Juan Carlos, shall we? All right, you go first. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because yours is way more mine is just Mine is um, weird, man, but go ahead. It's so weird. <laughs> Both of mine um, come courtesy of the 19th uh, Daily Newsletter. Mm-hmm. One of them is a story in the 19th, and another one is a story in Prism. But the one from the 19th, super cool, is that a Pasadena school is going to be the nation's first named after Octavia Butler, yeah, and it's great. her alma mater. Octavia Butler, very famous science fiction, occasional fantasy writer, but one of the very first uh, black writers and very first black women writers to really get a foothold in a genre that has been decidedly not particularly diverse and an often times racist and so she's an amazing writer and if you happen to revisit some of her work uh, in these times you'll find some uncanny predictions and similarities mm-hmm. to the life that we're living uh, she does a lot with sort of climate change and and political uh polarization leading to economic collapse but anyway uh so <laughs> school has been named after her And I thought that was really nice and it made me smile. The other story related to the election is this lovely story in in PRISM. Headline, young Latinas are using their quinceañeras to get Texas voters to the polls this election. And it has this fantastic photo of these three girls in their quinceañera gowns, which are, of course, beautiful and fluffy and fabulous and bright. And they've got like their fists up and they're basically using these celebrations of their coming of age to help organize their communities to vote. And I thought that was really Mm -hmm. cool. And that made me smile. I think that is super cool. That is super, super cool. 
Uh, okay. What's yours? Here's mine. It's very bizarre, and I'm just going to read you a headline <laughs> in the first paragraph that I found today in the New York Times, a newspaper of record, and it goes like this. <laughs> National Park Service asks visitors to please stop licking toads. The U.S. National Park Service made the plea last week to help protect the Sonoran Desert toad, which secretes a toxin unlike any other found on the planet. So apparently, if you handle this toad or um, lick it, you can get uh, sort of a hallucinogenic high, but it's also really bad for you, and it's bad, more importantly, for the toads. Do not lick the Sonoran Desert Toad. That's it. That's the PSA from this podcast today. That's all I got. That, I, you no, don't have to go no, farther than I'm that. Not doing, you don't have, I'm not yeah, you doing don't have to. Okay. It, just, it no. stands by itself. We're done. We're out of here. That's it for today. <laughs> Join us tomorrow for a deep dive on the money behind school board elections. This is something that we've been thinking about a lot over here on Make Me Smart, because these have typically been sort of low-key, nonpartisan races, but they're now attracting a ton of interest and money from big national PACs and wealthy donors and the political parties. So we're going to talk about some of the reasons behind that and the implication of all this outside money for schools and uh, all this outside money and how it's impacting our schools and our democracy. So, you know, as we're thinking about elections tomorrow and hopefully you have already voted or if not that you're planning to vote tomorrow, uh, this is another slice of the election story we're going to be covering. Just for the record, I am a same-day voter. I'm a vote-on-election-day guy. I think I've said this before on this mm. podcast. I'm a big, big believer in the common experience. Anyway, so if there is a contentious school board election where you live, as there is where I live, or uh, if you are running for your local school board, even better, um, we want to hear from you. Call us, 508-UB-SMART. Leave us a voicemail. You can also email us, makemesmart at marketplace.org. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera and Kurt, Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Juan Carlos Torado, who helped me with my connection problems at the beginning. Thanks, Juan Bridget, Carlos. Bridget, Bridget Bonner is the senior <laughs> producer of this podcast most times, but she's on a little break working on another thing called Million Bazillion. The director of On Demand, uh, at least for a little while, another, uh, I don't know, 20-some days, Couple weeks uh, is Donna Tam. <laughs>